tip. Good afternoon. It is June 14th, 2022. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Limanos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What's going on, Will? I got a challenge for you. I kind of went away from the, the Guinness of World Records, but I found one I thought was really cool. Seemed uh, relatively doable. A, uh, a Welshman drinks at 56 pubs in 24 hours to set the world record. Wait, what does he do? 56? 56, 56 pubs in 24 hours. Oh, man. And you... What what are the what's the criteria of saying you went to the pub? You just entered it, or you you gotta consume you, something? You have to get a drink. It does not have to be alcoholic. Uh, based on it, it's a Welsh guy, so there's uh, some some conversion factors. I did a little bit of math earlier. It seemed like there was some, it, like the lowest he could go was 125 milliliters, which roughly comes to to four ounces. So I got to imagine that's like a like like a shooter size. So I mean, it makes sense if you're trying to do this. Speed's the name of the game, and you know as quickly as you can. So the the, the smallest amount. Uh, so I, I got to imagine you're just you're you're ordering tasters at every opportunity. So you're saying you couldn't do 56 shots in 24 hours? I could not. Somebody could though, right? Is that is that outrageous? Like I'm sure someone. I couldn't. I'm not acting like I could, but I don't. I don't even know if I know somebody that could. But I, I'm not gonna just say it's outright impossible. It's probably undesirable. I don't know how you get into the last fifty bars, but you know, good luck. Well, that's one of the uh, one of the issues that when I first I was like, okay, you know, twenty four hours. So okay, you you figure out what's your goal. You divide that by twenty four, and then it's like, wait, hold on, guy, hold on. Places aren't just open twenty four hours. You know. Uh, you know, it's not unusual for a bar not to open till four o'clock. I mean, it's probably open till till two. Or I, I don't know what the uh, the rules are. In he was in uh, the city of uh, Cardiff, but you know, in, in different states and different cities, the, the the timing is open. But there's a pretty good chance between, say, two. You know, maybe if you're, you're in your New York City, four o'clock. You know, you still have. There's going to be some downtime where you you can't go to any any uh, establishment. I, I wasn't even talking or referencing you know, operating hours. I, w- I was much more saying, well, you're too drunk, buddy. We can't let you in here. You've been to 30 bars already. Like, I want the rest of the story to say he's been to 56, but was turned down by 10 more. Like, it was should have been 66. There's, there's something so, realistic like that. This is what makes it... Uh, I'm not sure if it's more impressive or uh, I'm a little more disappointed in the guy. He started at 10 o'clock in the morning, but he ended at 9.26, there's still way more time, even if the, the bars close at, at, at midnight. You know, you still had two more hours. You, you could have still, you, you could have, you could put this record, you know, way out of, out of reach. I have to imagine that when you start at 10 o'clock and you are just constantly, I think, uh, you know, you do the math on it. You got to be getting a drink or, you know, at an establishment every 15 minutes. There's for sure some travel time in between. Uh, you're for sure going to have to have to use the facilities. So you were just like, all over the place. I wonder if by that time you're just exhausted and you probably don't feel great, even not consuming just alcohol, just consuming that much liquid over and over and over again. Just can't, can't be great. So this is one of my favorite categories they added to the rewatchables here. What, what is this guy's next 24 hours? Like, is he just asleep? Is he just passed out at the house? Like, do you go to a bar again after that? I, I feel like this was such a planned out procedure here that you just, 
what you accomplish it. Do you really have any interest in ever doing it again? It's like, what's what's fun about one bar? I did 56. I think there's still a possibility. The city that he did it in, he did it in, uh, said they did it in, in, in the center area. And that in a half mile radius, there are 300 establishments that serve drinks. So he could do this all again and not even hit the same bar. And he could do that a, a, a handful more times. No. Oh, I'm I'm saying no. I, I this is this sounds it's it's not a record I'd want to put up my resume. Like are you showing off over over this or are you saying like like I have nothing better going on other than attending bars as as frequently as possible within a really really res- ridiculous time constraint that it has no restriction beyond my own means. Like it's just, there's no I I opened this up I said I said it was a challenge. I said, and I thought it was a it was a doable challenge. You have to definitely have to be in a city. You have to. He said that he planned it out uh, beforehand and said, "All right, I think this is what my strategy is going to be." And then right away, like some places were closed or weren't going to open till later, so that kind of went right out the window. But he said he's uh, going to probably uh, probably hang it on his on his shelf at home. <laughs> I think he should he should start hosting the uh, the experiences on Airbnb. Are, are you aware of those? No, they're basically the host is able to offer you something to do within the area it could be something as simple as a backyard dinner barbecue fire kind of thing or i'll take you to sightsee around the, the city or the area or anything like that so hosts are able to offer quote-unquote experiences and, and i wonder if you were visiting this area and staying in an airbnb if this guy could offer an experience of i will take you to as many bars as possible within 24 hours and and, and hopefully you, got, you probably got to sign something if you're going to be committed to something like that but i i just wonder do you think this is this could be a career here? Like, is this something you'd want to do? You want to go travel? You want to go visit? You're gonna you're I, gonna be highly efficient. I mean, you're gonna get to a lot of places. This would for sure be an experience, but I don't think this would be a, a vacation experience you're looking for. Of oh, this is cool. This is relaxing. I think this is more of an experience. Being hey, we're gonna train for a marathon today. Here's your experience. Well, the only quote I know about marathons is probably not appropriate for the podcast. You know, you can't win a marathon without, you know, let's just talk about the Boston Celtics and the struggles they got going on right now. Ugh. Yeah, I know. We, we got to do it, though. You know, the thing is, is I, I feel like Simmons did a podcast the other day, and he was like, oh, I'm sorry. It was an entire podcast about Boston. Well, it's like, yeah, it was an entire podcast about the NBA Finals. Did you think we were going to talk about the other teams that aren't playing right now? Like, you, you sent me a Lakers topic right now just to try and pry a little bit of the Celtics topic out of today, but we can't. There's only two teams left. We got to talk about it, and we have two games to cover. We got a crazy game three that does, game four that doesn't go our way, where we have like a seven point play for Curry on one possession, and, and then we have last night where he's not very good. Draymond's not great. Looney's in foul trouble. Clay and Poole hit like two shots the whole game, and yet somehow we are not able to win yesterday. Like that was a golden opportunity. They they haven't played that poorly this series yet. And I know we didn't play well either, but I, I feel like just we have we have so many opportunities on this team. It, it's it's incredibly frustrating. I I didn't like that a lot of people were pointing the finger at Tatum and Brown, saying like you know Tatum's only shooting like thirty percent from two. He's missing all these layups. They're complaining about all the calls and all the turnovers and all that. I I really don't have much of an issue with the way Tatum and Brown played. If anything, it's everybody else. Somebody else has to show up. We 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 had an opportunity to beat this team the past two games and we just needed a little bit of a push somewhere else or just to take care of the ball a little bit more there's good turnovers they actually all right there's no such thing as a good turnover but there's 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 like forced errors and unforced errors and we just have so many 
bad unforced errors that lead to layups and threes by Curry and momentum shifting and it just seems like just stop doing that and maybe we'll be able to maintain a tighter lead or a tighter uh, comeback trail. These gaps just seem to grow exponentially when you have uh, you know streaky shooters like Curry who honestly up to yesterday have been really really good. I have I have I have so many thoughts on last night's game. The disappointment of uh, of the outcome is is much more than just how hard it is to win this thing. It, it, this is this is what it feels like right now. The, the struggles where if you were a coach and you're telling your players Tatum and Brown like, hey, you got to do this, you got to do this, and then you're like, hey man, I did all that. It's like, well, it's not easy. It's it's not like you just check all the boxes and suddenly you, you get it. Like the other team's really good. They've done this before. And they want it too. And they they want to win too. And they're checking all the right boxes also. And that that's just that's just the the margin of error between the the winning and losing is, is purely described as just that. Is is when we're at this level at this point in the season, there is no margin for error. You have to that that's the difference between winning it all and almost winning it all. And almost winning it all, despite being that close, just doesn't feel as good. It just feels bad. It just feels like a waste. And it wasn't. We have a really young team. There's so much more to look forward to. But, man, I, how are you feeling going into the next game? We are going home into Boston. Is is there anything we can take away from, from last night's game? Uh, just It's just the hole that we dug ourselves. We were going into Friday. We were at home. We were up 2-1. And you go up 3-1. It's not for sure over. But, man, you have put yourself just in a prime opportunity. You can deal with a couple wonky things happening but you're still still in good shape. And and then it was, it, it's Friday night. You know, the garden's rocking. Uh, you know, these games aren't starting until 9 o'clock at night. You know, you wait all day for, for the game. And then, you know, maybe, maybe you have some some adult beverages, you know, celebrate. And then, you know, you're up. We're up. We're up five in the fourth quarter. And you start letting your mind wander. They're like, all right, we're, we're in a pretty good, pretty good spot here. And then we just couldn't get it done. But it's like, all right, it's Friday. No big deal. You know, it's tied. Okay, we gave them back their their home court, but you know what? We haven't we haven't lost in the playoffs after after getting beat. Okay, we're we're, we're gonna come back. You know, it's not gonna be easy, but we're we'll 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 do something. And then now it's Monday night again, nine o'clock at night. But now you've gone through Monday at work. It's not nearly the same as going through Friday. It's like okay, you guys gotta have your act together. And they did not show up at all at the the beginning of the game. I was in a completely different uh, headspace than I was on Friday. Where Friday, I was like, ah, nothing bad can happen. If we lose, yeah, we'll be fine. But this is like, we need this. We need this W. we got to take this super seriously. And oh, we, we definitely, we got to be upset that they, uh, you know, took took one uh, away from, from us in, in our building. And that was not the case at all. We immediately, you could tell, was just like, we were scared. We were throwing the ball all over the place. You, you had to like talk me down off the ledge. I was complaining so much that you had to just be like, "Well, you could just not watch it if you if you're gonna be like this." It's like, okay, all right, all right, let me let me reel this back a little bit. I'm usually not like this, but just the amount of times that you're just watching and just something bad happens and you just you know, you, you yell out the expletive, just like you, again. Ugh. All right, I was. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, I I was absolutely in agreement with everything you were saying in the first quarter. It was just we're two minutes into the game, and Zach's like, "Oh my god, the game's over! Like we we totally screwed up. We're down, you know, seven points. This is this is impossible." It's like, dude, it's it was fourteen. I know, but it was so early in the game, and we know that this series of it has taught us anything. That you know what, ten points is nothing. 
like 10 points is, is one that... run. It's one run. It's one run for us. It's one run for them. It's one cold streak for them. It's one hot streak for us or vice versa or whatever. The, the leads I'm not worried about. It's the way we're playing and the way guys are – the shots they're capable of making, the shots they're taking. We t- I actually thought we played fairly well. We just – every possession we have offensively that goes our way just leads to somebody shooting a three somewhere, and it's generally somewhat wide open. We missed – a lot of those. We missed every one of those in the first half yesterday. Every yeah. single one of those. So just imagine your entire offense is 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 strategically revolving around we're going to drive and kick in two to three. That's what we're going to try and do as many times as possible. And we do it as many times as possible. And we miss every single one of them. That's an easy fix, man. You you keep doing that, and eventually it starts to go in. We start the second half, and it starts to go in. So while you're pointing all the panic buttons, you know, pushing all of them early like that, it's like just give it a chance to breathe a little bit. Now, with all that being said, they were missing shots too. Outside of you know Clay hitting two shots in the third there, and Poole hitting two shots, of which the the last shot at the end of the third where it's a minuscule of. A, what is it, 0.1 seconds, Poole gets this last shot oh, off the third? Yeah. And that is the difference between being what, up one and down two, I think, at the end of the third. I don't know why, but that two points felt like it was 20 points. I just made 10 points not sound like anything, but those two points where we actually have a better third quarter than them, and we end it like that, and it just it just felt like it wasn't good enough. And the, and the reality was we had a hell of a third quarter. We finally beat them in a third quarter we we came out we had a whole bunch of threes all our execution was good and, and I don't know why I wasn't able to carry throughout the fourth I, I think there was a lack of depth I'm not gonna feel bad for guys like Tatum and Brown playing 46 minutes because we got three nights break in between and you know they had a break they're, they're fine what are they 20 years old like they're, they're gonna be okay I'm not saying it's easy but they're gonna be fine if, if there was anybody prepared for, for playing extra minutes it's those guys and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame email for that I, I'm not begging for Naismith minutes or Pritchard minutes or even Grant Williams minutes you know just just play the starters just play them all right it's do or die right now I, I know Horford is probably the the biggest question mark and Time Lord's on and off the court between being hobbling on one leg and not hobbling at all just just play everybody all right this, if we got one shot at this we got to win the next two don't 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 do test runs or test trials on Pritchard just just leave them all out five in Six in, I don't care what it is, just tighten the rotation because it's do or die right now, and I do think we still have some advantages against this other team. I'm amazed on how we can't rebound and how we how why are we struggling so much driving? Like who is the big threat down low that is preventing us from making layup, preventing us from getting to the free throw line? Not that we could even make them anyways. Like what how can we can we fix that? Can we make our free throws? And and why can't we drive to the basket? I just have no idea how we're we're having we were having some trouble with uh, Jalen Brown specifically with, with driving, but it seems like he's gotten that together fine enough to get to the hoop. But I think it's just that we we don't look really confident driving to the hoop. So then when we do get hit or knocked around, it's like ah well he he wasn't really in control anyway. But that, that's what I was saying. It's like how are we not finishing at the hoop? It I mean Draymond is for sure uh, you know used to be a really good rim protector. You know, he definitely doesn't have the size, uh, but, you know, that hasn't stopped him in the past. It's kind of been the, you know, the next generation here of, you know, you don't have to be 6'11", 7 foot to have, have an impact. But I just don't see how Jalen Brown's not driving in a Euro step on somebody and then just rising up. I, the way they're playing, it's like Giannis is, is in there or 
you know, a little more of a Miami that Lowry's down there just waiting to take a charge. I can't really think of too many charges that have been uh, that have been taken on us when we've just been really aggressive of just we're going to the hoop. You're not stopping us. So and I'm hoping that we we can continue. But Tatum uh, is just I, I think I think you're saying, hey, shorten the rotation. I don't think that we can do that. I, I agree you want the best guys out there. But I mean, Tatum had multiple air balls in the fourth quarter. And I think that part of it is the, you know, we missed 10 free throws as a team. I think some of it is to contain Curry and the Warriors offense. You just, you cannot let your guard down at all. You have to be ultra focused and you have to be running all over the place. And I think it just, it saps your legs. And, you know, we, we need, we need the guys off the bench. We need the Paytons. We need the Grants to fill in with solid minutes. So we don't have to play the you know the stars the jays for so long so they can get a little bit of rest and just like to recuperate and to come back in and be ready to go be fresh i still thought tatum made a a lot of really and jalen as well i think i said our, our offense is driving kick at this point right you, you drive in you, you find al horford open in the corner and that's a great possession i'm fine with all of that i thought we did a really good job doing that it's just become a little bit more predictable where we're not really Nobody's nobody's buying on our drives anymore. They're just kind of waiting for the kickout pass. And I yeah, think that's yep. where all of our really bad turnovers are, where it's like, well, this guy's definitely not going to just take the layup right in front of him. He's going to try and swing pass it around his body to somebody up at the top of the key. What if I just stand right here, catch it, and then go down the other end and get a layup? And and, and the so other guy, meanwhile, the other guy's in the air still landing because he's two feet from the rim, and he's got to chase they got numbers the other way because you're out, you're out of possession. You're on you're out of position right there because you are all the way over there by the hoop, and the rest of the team is already turning around the other way. And in a team with the speed in the offensive power, like like Gold State, I, I I don't get it. I understand they're a good team defense, but I don't see them taking charges either. I don't understand how they're able to play Pool, Clay, and Curry at the same time, and yet we are. Not able to score. Like Marcus in the post, that, that seemed to work out pretty well. Tatum can yep. body over there too. Jalen is attacking whoever's on the switch. If anything, I, I I don't think he cares who's guarding him at all. He, he One through five on the other team, he's attacking them. I, I, I'd i be remiss to mention Wiggins without saying some really nice things because Wiggins was really good. Wiggins he was, was really good last night. Wiggins was really good last night. I, I would have never guessed we would be saying this many nice things about Wiggins in the NBA Finals. And I, and I, I may even argue that he was been their second-best player of this series, at least maybe their second-most important defensively. And then just the daggers. The daggers of, of oh, man, all right, we, we, we ran Curry off the line. We ran Clay off the line. A weird, weird bounce on the rebound or something, and it ends up in Wiggins' hands. It's like, you know what? Well, if you look at all the other options, it's not Poole, it's not Clay, it's not Curry. I, I guess I guess I've got to be okay with him shooting this, and and so far this series it's benefited us. But man, he he made some nice shots yesterday. Just looked really easy too. Just steps right into him, easy two point shots right at the free throw line a couple times. I think he had a nice fadeaway in the third. That was that was a dagger. It was like, well, I don't know how you stop that. This guy is freakishly athletic. He he was he was a number one overall pick. This isn't a, like a talentless guy. He's just the fifth option on a team. It, it's it's such a luxury as we've mentioned. I've mentioned, you mentioned in every podcast prior to this, how crazy it is that these guys have Otto Porter and Wiggins as like their role players. Like these, um, we got one more game with a chance for two more games. We're going home. I'm not saying it's impossible or, or that it, it's 
it's even unlikely that we we force seven. I I just the 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 errors we've been making, we we think we've been under pressure now. Like those past games, like the pressure is more now. So I don't know if it's just going to amount so much where we just play like we have nothing to lose, which is really how we should be playing, and maybe it just actually kicks in now, or everything just hits an all-time stress high level and we're just unable to, to just pull it off. And it's it's not easily done. We are a really young team. We got a rookie coach. I'm, I'm not blaming him for anything. I just imagine, wouldn't you rather have a guy that it's at least been there before maybe versus the other guy has been there a whole bunch and played in a whole bunch of big games? There's, there's just a lot of disadvantages here. And the bittersweet part about all of it is it's the opportunity of these things don't don't come all the time. Like it would be really sad if we end up going through Tatum's career where it's like, yeah, he goes to the Eastern Conference Finals like six times out of his first six years or whatever and doesn't win one title. Like that's that's gonna be a really weird resume to have of well, he was so young, so we couldn't have been like, Well, what more could you want him to do? He's only been in the league this long. But at some point he's well, he's been in the league this long and he's he's only done this. It's like a Don yeah, McNabb kind of thing, you know. It's gonna yeah, flip. It's gonna flip from potential and like, oh, look what he's done so far in his young career. To, well, why has he only done this? And if you're a fan like me, you or everyone else who's a Boston guy, you know, we kind of only have the window that we have of of everything. Like everything I just said, being on our side of being like, well, we're young, we have the future of all that. It's gonna end really soon, and it might even end after this year, where the expectations of these guys are gonna be finals. And if we don't do it you really did fail. It wasn't like, well, let's just see how far you can go. You're young. Like that, that's kind of over after this year. And that's, that's where it gets really hard to be a fan and to be a player. And you got to make harder decisions as a GM where it's like, well, do we run this back? Like, like if Middleton's healthy, like, do do we even get there? Like how, like, where do we just, if we win at all, the questions don't get asked quite as much versus if we lose, it feels like, I don't know if we're in rebuilding mode almost immediately again. And I know that's an over-exaggeration of this, but it's it's just funny how you could be so close, and if you don't win, you start second-guessing everything. And I'm trying to be optimistic about it, but I don't well, know what we're other... Definitely not, we're definitely not in rebuilding mode. You, you know what I happens. mean, though. We're, we're... All, all these guys are all under, under contract. That was one of the things that they were talking about this from last year's struggles to this year and saying, well... This is kind of almost like a gap year. We can't really uh, improve ourselves too much. And then I think the idea was, okay, well, let's see what we have this year. And then next year, uh, I think Al Horford would have uh, – I think he had an option and it like could have gone like off the books. But one of his things is his, his contract gets more guaranteed as it went through the playoffs. And the way he's playing so well, it's like, well, I, who, who are we going to get rid of? Or Yeah, who, who – if we got rid of Al, who would we have come in that would be able to fill the role that Al fills? And I don't think that list is very long for, for, for that price. So I, I, th- this team is the team it's going to be. It's going to be a year older. So for Al, that's not great. Uh, but for the younger guys, hopefully we can we can build on this. But I agree with you. If you win a championship, there's just a lot less questions. And our backs have been against the wall before. But I really thought that last night was going to be the – Okay. Yep. We get it. Our backs are against the wall, and I just we 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 looked gassed, and so it's just always easy after a loss to just say like, oh, woe is me. Every everything everything's done, but it's it's you you were saying it all comes down to hey, you just got to hit the threes, and you know I saw a bunch of the uh, more analytics guys joking around saying like, just call the Celtics regression to the mean because you know the first half don't hit any threes, 
and then go, uh, I don't know if we started four for four. I think it was just Tatum went four for four. But we might have even went like eight for eight and just like weird runs. But I think that if we can continue to run that, awesome. We just can't throw the ball around. We had four. That, I think that's what was really just really irking me was the four turnovers before the first quarter was over. When you we know if we limit our turnovers, we are a better team. And that's super cliche and super simple to say. But I, did you know there's I, a new I, turnover I, king for the playoffs? It's it's Tatum. It's Tatum. He passed LeBron James for most turnovers in a playoff and run. Like you said, there's one one to two more games left. So he's going to add to those turnovers uh, for sure. I mean, he also, I think it was, uh, he's the youngest player to get to 600 points in a, uh, in, in a playoffs. So it's like, th- there's good and there's bad, but I think that's one of the issues is that our main guys are just throwing the ball around. And uh, Jalen had, had five turnovers last night, and there were definitely two more where he drove and then like slid, and then as he fell, threw the ball away. And for whatever reason, they didn't call a travel on it. But even as a Celtics, pretty biased Celtics fan was just like, Ugh. so it could have, it could have even been worse. And it's just, just be stronger with the ball. And it, it, it's not, you know, you're trying to make a play and it's basketball. Even, even you're the best, you know, Chris Paul, you know, one of the, like, the best point guards, you know, has bad games. He turns the ball over, but some of the play, places where they're turning the ball over, it's not, Hey, you tried to make a, make a spin move. A guy surprised you, it, you know, you, you lost it off your foot. Okay. That that happens, but it's the at the top of the key trying to uh, reverse it and pass it and forcing it to the guy at the top and it getting picked off for a, just an immediate layup. You're not even giving yourself a chance to get back on defense, and that that was where we had had at least a couple of those. And then Al got the rebound, and then I don't know what Al was thinking because he threw it to someone's like about to kind of pressure him. I think he saw to his left in the backcourt a guy open. He passed it to uh, Rob Williams. He doesn't want the ball either. So Rob just really quickly tries to throw it up to uh, to Jalen, and Jalen doesn't come back to the ball. And that's when uh, Draymond almost picked it off and ended up, he you know, he, he went out of bounds. But it's just like, this, these are simple things. These are unforced errors. We, we're just, it, it's high school to me. It's like, these are the mistakes that a, high, a, a mediocre high school team makes of getting picked off at the top, and just, it can't happen. It can't happen. We have to be secure with the ball. We have to take it very seriously. And I just didn't think that we took it seriously last night when we started. Yeah, there, there was at least one possession. I don't know if, at what point in the game it was, but Al tries to baseball pass it to Jalen. And that ball actually clearly goes off of Jalen. We kind of got the call on that, too. But they didn't even call a foul. They just called it tipped out on someone else. That that There's one more turnover for Jalen, I think, had two of those where they just fell off his fingertips. I don't know how this guy can be freakishly athletic yeah, and yet stone hands. There was hands. another one, yeah, in this in this third quarter where we were running good, and then we got up. I think we got up by four, and then instead of being able to push it to ten, they kept kind of hitting daggers, and then we kept doing stuff like that where I totally get going for the home run. But there was that one that you're talking about where, well, they called it off of uh, off a of clay. Like you said, it was definitely off of uh, off of Jalen. But if he was that close, why are you throwing that pass? And then the other one, you said uh, that one was down in the post. And again, I think one of the reasons that he 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 bobbled it was because I don't, I don't remember who's guarding him, but the the defender was right on him. It's just like 
I, I get if somebody's wide open, you know, Al had that one, uh, you know, a couple games ago where just absolutely launched it for, uh, for the touchdown pass. But for this, it's like, what's the best case for that second one? That Jalen catches it and he's basically under the hoop. Like maybe he gathers and is able to get a layup, but I, I don't know. It's just, it's just a high, high risk, low reward play. I'm just like, just run the offense. The offense works. Like you said, some of these lineups that they have, we should just be able to abuse them. That's going to click at some point. I just hope it doesn't click and then it's too late. Because I still think we can win the next two games. I, I see all the all the reasons we've just listed out are, are why we, we can win and are capable of winning. It, it's, it's not like I expect us to or, the, or that the other team is bad or anything. I just see certain advantages that we have exploited other teams on throughout the playoffs now. We, it's not like we've had a, a scrub couple three teams to get here. All right? there, there should be lessons and things gained that we were able to do against those other teams that we can still do against this team. Now, this team's got a hell of a punch, though, and Curry is not going down. He, Curry, I, I think it's underrated the amount of things he does that he doesn't get the credit for. The little things, the extra pass, the amount of movement that he forces the defense to chase him for, the steps, the, all of that. Everything with him moving, making other guys move. Like, There's just so many things that you don't really see on the stat sheet that he's doing that is just controlling this series because he doesn't have a good game yesterday. I, is he goes does he even hit a three yesterday he doesn't hit a three yesterday no it was the first time uh since i think it was november 18th that he uh didn't hit a three in a game and it's the first time in the playoffs that he didn't hit a three well you know that's that's served up for you right there man you want to steal a game on the road in the finals against a, a former unanimous mvp he's gonna go over from deep and you're gonna blow the game like, this is gonna kill us all summer, watching film on that. Like that is, that is gonna be brutal, especially. That, that's what you chalk up to when you're kind of going through looking looking ahead of time. It's just like, ooh, okay, you know, well, there'll be one game where Tatum goes off. There'll be one game where where Steph isn't good, and like that's the game that you gotta win when the Steph isn't good game. But that that uh, we just we just couldn't couldn't do it in the fourth, and then. Oh man, did we absolutely implode in the fourth? Where rather than okay, Warriors came out, they didn't do it in the third, they did it at the beginning of the fourth, and we regained our composure and came back. It was just hit after hit, and then they were dunking on us, and then we all of a sudden couldn't stop them from getting layups. It was just it, it was a layup drill basically, just over and over again. It's like we just need to string together some stops, just some stops. We still got time, we still got time, and then it's like nope, not even close. There has to be something said where our defense is so committed to defending Curry's three, and when he's not hitting it, it feels like, okay, yeah, we're doing that. But then he, in his mind, was like, oh, well, I'm not hitting it. There's almost always two guys on me. I'm going to just pass the ball, and they're going to have a two-on-one somewhere in this. And that's what the fourth quarter was, where we're just selling out on Curry, just chucking up all these things. And, and he's like, you know what? Let me just hit the hit the cutter, hit the screener. We'll just swing it around and... You know, one extra dish pass, hockey pass down down low, and layup, boom, done, dunk, done, boom. It, I I hope that we we take it take it personally on 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 Thursday. You know, we're gonna be back back at home. It's gonna be the last last home game of the year, regardless of what happens. Especially after uh, you, you have Draymond Green harassing Tatum all the way over to the bench, comes all the way over, and comes with. I think I think it was uh, Pool came over with him. And you could tell there, you know, John with with Tatum and with like the whole team, and just like, what are you doing over at our bench? Get him out of here. But 
you know, he, he has uh, different rules with, with the refs than, than, than everybody else. I could not believe when he had the ball on the ground and he was trying to pass it, trying to pass it, was and trying to find somebody. Foul. And Jalen is there. He's going after the ball, going after the ball, and then dives for the ball, and they call a foul. It's like, you have to be kidding me. I've seen, uh, I've, I've seen him dive on multiple people and for, for jump balls and, and way worse. Like, I'm just going to throw my shoulder into you, and eh, if you get hurt, like, well, who cares? It's like, you, what, what is this? And, uh, I mean, Smart had a real rough, uh, rough fourth quarter, and uh, I just uh, – we'll, we'll see. We'll see if the, uh, if the grifting – goes uh, goes in our favor in, in game six look uh, unfortunately the, the league has spoken you and this is hopefully going to be to our benefit going forward where you need a guy like this look at all the past champions between draymond kyle lowry pj tucker all the past champions have had somebody who just does this they don't even play basketball they're not even always good at basketball they but they're going to get calls and put motions and get crowds in here and sell tickets and give first take something to talk about every day because the league is allowing it all and i don't understand why they're allowing it and it, it just seems like a whiny celtics fan saying this but i assure you we are not the only fans that are upset by this i assure you there are fans that are upset by marcus smart for the same reasons and they upset me as well i'm not always happy about it like when well, smart does, smart is, when he doesn't get smart the call is good at basketball is he He's defensive player of the year. I mean, so when, is Draymond. When, when, Look when at Jordan, him now. When Jordan Poole does it, and he does it, I think, I, I can't remember if he did it twice or if it once once was him and once was uh, was Gary Payton, where they're grifting, and it's like, okay, maybe you get away with it, but you don't get the benefit of the doubt. It's, it works the same way on offense. If you're the MVP, if you're an all-NBA player, if you get bumped and you missed, you get the benefit of the doubt that, hey, you know what? That was uh, you know probably a foul. The same way when Smart – gets when clay pushes off of him and he falls down you give him the benefit of the doubt because he's a defensive player of the year well at least we got him going forward where you know draymond may not even be that relevant going forward but he's probably he might get one more ring and it'll all be worth it it'll all be worth it i, I it's it's incredibly frustrating but you know what maybe the extender will take care of game six here i, I don't even want to say any more about it but i I don't have a good feeling about Why game six. Why don't we take care of game six and not worry about the referees? Well, that would be. We the, should go in and make it so it's not even close. That would be the first time ever that either the Jalen or Jason Tatum have ever not cared about the referees. That would be the first game ever is if you're telling me they're going to do that this game. That'd be the first time ever. I think that's half of uh, half of Ime's coaching, you know, not trying to take anything away from him. But I think half of his coaching is just getting the guys to not be so concerned about the referees and just like play basketball. Do you want to know how bad it is? Is, is that I still think eBay is reducing get back on it. defense so we can get a stop. Is, it, we'll... is this bad that eBay, I think is still reduced that by 50%. Like this is 50% less than it was last year. If you ask me. So that's the effectiveness of, of, of eBay, but that is also just the drastic complaining amount for datum already. It starts really, really high and we've cut it in half and it's still way too high. We got problems. We got problems. It's, it's, it's so it's so frustrating. Just, Yesterday, it just I, I really thought that uh, you know, I wasn't sure if we were going to win or not. I was hoping we were going to win, but I thought we were just it was something that we did earlier in the year when it was just like, hey, well, we're we're, we're down. Okay, well now we have to figure it out, and I, I don't know. All right, you want to know the weird thing? I don't feel good about Game Six. But if we do win game six, I feel really good about a game seven. 
I feel really good about a game seven. Because I, I think it's going to be like the last game where it's a rock fight. We should win the rock fight. We should win the rock fight because we have offensive advantages as well as we have enough defensive guys I think we could throw at, at, at their offensive advantages. I just, we should have won. My concern la- is that the, the, the bench isn't going to show up again. Can you name uh, who on our bench had the, uh, had, had the most points? I don't think anybody scored in the first half off the bench or, or something outrageously low, like two points or something. Um, it, it had to be Grant, right? I think what you're referring to, I think White had one free throw in the first half, and that was it. And then after that, it was tied for three between Grant Williams, Luke Cornett, and Aaron Neesmith. And as you might imagine, yeah. Luke Cornett and Aaron Neesmith played one minute basically combined. You know, they're in the garbage time at the end. So basically, our bench scored four points. Four. It can't happen. That's that's that, that's my – I mean, usually role players play better at, at, at home, but I, is these, it, these guys got to – they got to be more impactful. Is it impossible to tell Derek White that he's got another kid on the way already? Like, can we can we get Daddy Daddy White back here that was shooting hot and not missing from the field and getting all in Curry's grill and all that? Can we get that guy back? Because because new Daddy here was was really feeling good about everything, and now it, it feels like he fell right back to the where he was. And and I really thought for a second here that Derek White was going to steal us an NBA championship. Like it really felt like that. And then last uh. night. <laughs> Oh man, it's not even that he took bad shots. The shots didn't look good. They just didn't go in. It, it's, it's well, he it's, was hesitant, and, and maybe not like on the first one, but there were definitely a couple where he was wide open. And you could tell it just like, should should I do this? Hey guys, should I? It's just like you just got to let it launch, man. The, like this this is not you know the Derek White from uh, you know weeks ago where it's like uh, I don't know the kid came. It's totally different now. Let it fly man if you were open you have to you have to let it fly we have to score because if you shoot it we at least get a shot off if we pass it to somebody it might be a turnover and then no shots so let 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 it fly and i wonder if grant williams is gonna fall into this like like the like the march madness draft pick that just skyrockets as, as their team advances and then he gets drafted and you're like well man that was just one run this guy actually wasn't J- Johnny Juzang there you go like is he gonna be that guy where, where Grant was like amazing against guarding the best player in the NBA Giannis and it's like wow uh, like you couldn't even put a value on him untradeable asset must have on our team I can't believe he's like our sixth starter this is awesome next two series it, it, there's like a weird expectation suddenly put on him and the second you put that expectation on him, he's done nothing but disappoint you it was it, it's 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 backwards. It doesn't make any sense. I just wonder by the end of the year, if we look back at it, I was like, is Grant Williams a good basketball player? Like, are, are we better with him or are we just dealing with what we got? And, and, and it was amazing. We were able to maneuver and get as far as we did with this. Because I go back and forth between thinking this is the easy upgrade we can make for this roster and being like, no, this is a building block for this roster. We just add more stuff with him. I, I, I don't know yet. And unfortunately, it's going to weigh a lot in the next two games because I, I just if this guy hits two quarter threes in the next two games, things are a million times different and we can remember him completely differently. He has not gotten nearly as many shots 
uh, as he was able to get in some of the other series. And it hasn't even been like, usually he gets, he gets down the corner and then it rotates over to him. So I don't know if it's the, the way the Warriors are playing defense or if our, our offense has, has changed uh, slightly, but I think some of it is just Grant is better at being the, the, the underdog, the, the, like the smaller guy. And just in this series, he, he's not the guy that you have for guarding Steph or, you know, for, or, or clay really, where that's why Derek White has had more moments to shine. But I don't think this is a he's he's lost it completely so much as just he's better off when he has to, you know, guard uh, a Bam or he has to guard KD or he has to guard Giannis. He's for sure not going to shut him down, but he can be an irritant and he can play serviceable serviceable minutes. Something where when we had Ty, just Tice only before, it was like, well, we have to throw Tice out there because we have Al or it's just we, we, we don't have anybody else so you know he's gonna get dunked all over he's gonna it's, it's gonna be ugly but we we gotta try to deal with this for you know a few minutes to get people some rest where grant can kind of at least hold his own or you know he, he, he can help so i don't think this is just a no he's just completely falling off i just think that the matchups are just not in his favor in this in this series all right we've talked almost 40 minutes of celtics i'm, I'm gonna do the fans a favor and move on to some other topics here but Oh, I've I've one last last thing. It's a personal thing. Go for it. So I was I was frustrated, uh, like I'm sure a lot of people were, and then today said, "Well, man, missed ten free throws, couldn't hit a hit a three. I'm gonna go to the basketball court. I'm I'm gonna go figure stuff out." And you know what? I'm very confident right now that I could not take Peyton Pritchard's spot. Oh man, I could not hit any threes. I could not make any layups. I could not make any. Uh, any free throws. So I'd, I'd encourage any other fans that are frustrated and going, Oh, why can't they do this? Why can't, why can't they do this? I was in uh, I was at the, at the park by myself and couldn't do this, these things. So I think it was just, just a healthy reminder that the, you know, what we're doing out there is really hard. And like Tatum said, after, after last game, they're not doing it on purpose. I think that's why it's frustrating is just like, they got my hope up. We we're, we're, we're so, we're so close. We were ahead in the series. Now we're in a hole. I, I still think that we have hope. I still think there's a chance that we can do this. It's just, it, it's just, they're, they're, I'm just, just frustrated. I'm just right. frustrated. I still like all the guys. Final prediction for the Celtics this year. Well, I guess I can't be Celtics in six anymore. So it's going to have to be Celtics in seven now. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel good about game six, but I do feel like if we win, we can win two in a row. So I'll say gold state in six and Celtics in seven. If that makes any sense at all, that's my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, moving on. We had a big, you know what, you know what, I'm, we could talk a little bit more about this. I, I we're gonna talk about broadcasting and Apple TV and soccer here. I'm gonna squeeze in a little Mark Jackson shot because my God, does Mark Jackson hate the Celtics more than anyone in the world, or is it just me? Because it's it's just every chance. I don't know if he's just so jealous of Steve Kerr's job position that he had. Like he could easily still be there. I, I know there's a variety of reasons why he's not, but there is a scenario where he coached all the guys that are basically still there right now. I don't know what it is, but he just he just finds every way to criticize the Celtics, and it's the same thing every single time about how how poorly our pick and roll defense is on Steph Curry. Like it's the easiest thing in the world to stop. It's impossible. If there was a way to stop it, this guy wouldn't be in the finals, all right? And if you think listening to you is is gonna stop it or not, like. Like, I, I feel like we're being miseducated now, all fans across the board, because he, he's just he was overdoing it so much. And I, I, I it's oh, incredibly frustrating. Clearly, it, it's, it's been our plan the entire series to not 
switch and to, to play some sort of, of drop coverage, which is really difficult to execute with, with Steph. And I don't want to get too much into, into the X's and O's of it. You could definitely do, do some research, you know, Zach Lowe and all, all the guys do a really good job. You can definitely you know, watch some videos and understand it more, but it's, it's the scheme that we're running. And part of it is it's not just Steph. It's the other guys. So it's like, okay, you could guard Steph maybe if you switched, say, 10% better, but then you give up maybe 20 25% of the overall offense somewhere else. So it's like, hey, we've decided this is what we're doing. We're going to try our best at it. Sort of like nitpick and say, oh, well, you know, you, you clearly should be playing this other defense. It's like, well, you may got us here. This has been working. We, you know, since we made this turnaround, uh, what, when in February, we've been one of like the best defensive teams. I, I, I think at one point we were like, it, there was like historically great. No, no, I, no, I that... think it was mixed in there at some point. So it's like, not like we don't know what we're doing. And then one of them was like, oh yeah, you know, well, smart, you know, can't, can't go over it or, you know, can't go under on, on these. It's like smart got double picked and he's like fighting like as hard as he possibly can on uh, another loony moving screen and it's like oh yeah well you know he's just he, he's, he's gotta you know work a little hard like what it's a double screen <laughs> it's almost impossible to get through my main frustration is everything you just explained makes so much sense but yet mark jackson will only choose to play that one card saying we do that one thing poorly on all of the steph curry highlights which are the only highlights they rerun and the only thing he gets to reiterate and reiterate when the reality is, is we've done a pretty good job defensively, like you said, on so many teams throughout the entire playoffs, and yet he feels like we're like the most underqualified defensive team to ever guard Steph Curry. And that's my frustration with it is, well, who's going to do a better job? He didn't hit a three last night. <laughs> exactly, and he's still saying it. Every miss he's even saying, he's like, well, if I'm, uh, if I'm Al Horford, i got to be up because, you know, you, you can't let that guy shoot. You know, if you can let that guy shoot, you're gonna, it's just it's so ridiculous from a guy from the, like you know what I get that he's probably burned out to the degree that he's been doing these games for way too long he does the whole season now he's doing all the finals he did a couple of the finals game without Breen and without Van Gundy I think for a game like I, I get it but I am annoyed by it so much like the only good news about this series ending shortly is that I won't have to hear Mark Jackson's voice for a really long time it, it's just I, I just I, I really I, I don't I don't get it. And normally the the announcers don't bother me so much. It's just usually more on the if my team's winning, the announcers are doing great, and if they're losing, they're doing terrible. Except for you know little things here and there. But this just uh, it just guy, you see the scheme that we're running. It's Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time. You have to kind of pick your spots. It doesn't really matter probably so much what scheme you run against for the Steph Curry portion of it. He is going to make things happen. He's a great player. Like you have to, you have to choose something. And yeah, just a, oh yeah, you, like you said, just the way he, he makes it. Like, oh well, you, you should just do this. It it, it makes it, it seem. Yeah, uh, it, it's it, like tic tac toe. It's like tic tac toe. It's like you just, you just, you just put the X here, oh. man. It's like it doesn't take any effort to put the X. So you just, just put it right there. Like that's just good strategy. It's like no, yeah. that's really hard to do. That's like these are professional yeah, athletes out here, and they are struggling to do this. And it isn't because they don't know how to play tic tac toe and put the X there. It's, it's just, it's outrageous to to hear him constantly say it all the time. And I guarantee Van Gundy. Is is I mean I don't think he even cares anymore. I honestly don't think he listens to Mark Jackson even the slightest bit. And I think the few times he does listen to Mark Jackson are the times where he's like, "Well, I disagree." 
because he's not afraid <laughs> to say that either. Those are the only times I swear he listens to Mark Jackson is when you hear Van Gundy say, well, I disagree. Every other time, he's just like, I can't disagree with him on everything. I'm just going to let it go. And he doesn't say anything, and then Breen will fill and in. Then, and then Breen will like, come in with like some play-by-play. Yeah. Just, like, it's like, like a segue. It's just like, okay, let's try to move on here. And, and then something will happen in the game, and it'll just get on to that. Like, I think Van Gundy is really good at that, which I like about him to the degree where he lets the game be played a little bit and he isn't worried about what he's going to say and what 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 his, you know his you know PTI 30 second point is going to be like it, it's just it's it's incredibly frustrating but while we're on the topic of broadcasting there was actually a, a fairly big broadcasting deal done just today where Apple TV and MLS soccer have a a, a 10 year deal now now you sent me this and I was kind of like all right that's cool that makes sense. I understand why, you know, Amazon and Apple and all these are offering these services because they're just extensions to use their products and to advertise their products and essentially uh, advertise themselves within themselves and to get you all within the ecosystem here. Uh, but then I saw this is an additional subscription on top of Apple TV. This isn't just Apple TV, right? Correct. Okay, well, now now you hooked me, but you didn't really get me, all right? I spit out the hook after this, because I thought this was just going to be like, all right, cool, what is it, five ninety nine? I think, a month for Apple TV, which they strategically did just to kind of be like the lesser, uh, more affordable option, but they maybe don't have quite the catalog. I mean, they, they certainly have a couple features. I will talk Ted Lasso till the end of the day. They definitely got that one, but they might have whiffed on a couple others, but... Either way, the, the more stuff you could add, the, the more you could entice for them, and then the more stuff you could package with. When you buy the new iPhone, the new iPad, it comes with a year of Apple TV. You find out you maybe like it, and then, then they get you to subscribe. I, I get I get why they're doing it, and and I, I, I think it's a good commitment to do a 10-year deal on this where, you know what, soccer, MLS specifically, may not be that relevant here, but soccer is a really big deal all over the world. It's by far the most popular sport maybe in 10 years it'll be worth a lot because guess what sports are worth a lot so i i, I get the investment of it and i don't see really the risk of, of losing it like what's the worst case scenario for apple here nobody watches soccer yeah i mean that that's that's true the mls could still continue to struggle but because people sure. do like soccer but i think of the the, the majority soccer it's international or you know the world cup but you know this is this is mls so I almost think of it as uh, as minor league soccer compared to the uh, the other. I, I, they're they're trying not to be. You know, it's the biggest in in America, and uh, you know I'm very much not uh, plugged in on on this sort of thing. But you know, I, I don't really hear a lot of MLS fans compared to you know whatever the Champions League or the you know the other European leagues. All right, I agree with all of that. That all makes a hell of a lot of sense, especially from two non soccer people. But What's the last sports franchise or sports league that was worth less money ten years ago to now? Like that just seems like it's a it's a steady investment. Like it may not skyrocket, but look at like the NBA, where the, the last bargaining agreement was in the millions, and now we're going to probably be in the billions. Like it's it's not even debatable the growth of all this. Now that's a crazy growth, especially with that and the NFL and everything. But even hockey, I imagine, if you go back ten years ago and you look at it now. The viewership maybe hasn't changed or increased it a whole lot, but I bet the value of the league is still a lot more. I, I just I just see the value of the MLS being a lot more over 10 years, and if you're Apple, it's like, well, we have sports now. We can advertise that, and if we don't make it, this isn't how we make our money anyways. Think, we make our money so many different be, ways. <laughs> I think that might be more of the point to let people know, hey, we're Apple TV. Yep, you may have heard of – you you might remember iTunes. Maybe you have our phone, like – 
hey, we also have sports. We do sports. Currently, they do have a, a smattering of uh, Major League Baseball games. So now they're going to have soccer. And just this switch from everything is on TV and sometimes it's online. You know, we've had the Amazon NFL Thursday games, but rumor that NFL or that rumor that Apple is interested in the NFL Sunday ticket. There's rumors of, you know, Netflix being interested in Formula One. So, you know, maybe not just Apple specifically, but at some point, I think these streaming services are going to make a run at broadcast television and say, hey, we got plenty of money. We're just going to outbid you. And you're not going to have live sports. You're, there's going to be no reason for people under you know a certain age to ever watch broadcast television anymore. They're just going to come to us. And when you're gone, we're going to have all of the eyeballs because there'll be less competition for us. I can't wait for the day where I have options beyond ESPN and that crazy app that doesn't even let me just watch ESPN anymore. I can only watch events now. I, it's, it just seems weird to me that I have access to ESPN, but I can only watch specific events. Like if, if there's if there's a basketball game on and that ends and the next game comes on, I have to go to the other game. I can't just like that just seems crazy to me that it's set up that way. And I, there's a whole variety of cable blockouts and all that that I, I hope these streaming services are able to work around because in theory we can't have blackouts with with all these streaming services right like we have to get rid of that otherwise there really is never an advantage to all this it's, oh here we go so that that was going to be my last you know my real like hit this home unlike most unlike many uh, sports streaming deals there will be no local blackouts or restrictions so if i am a new england revolution fan and i would like to watch that uh, that that game. If I ha- get the Apple TV Plus, and then I pay whatever it's going to cost, they they have they haven't come out yet what what the the service is going to be. There's not going to be any sort of ah wait you live where near the team that you like. Oh well, you you can't watch them. Like <laughs> you have to go to the stadium. Like what are you talking about? So I, I agree with you. That has to be like one of the prime things of if you get these rights, don't black it out for the people want to watch it i mean more often than not it's somebody just trying to cut corners around the cable that they've paid enormous amounts for stupid accessories and bad service and 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 inconsistent contract payments it's there's just a variety of reasons that we were trying to get around cable and now it's there and it always feels like they get you on that on it's like all right you want nba league pass you can watch you know four teams as many times as you want all year and if you pick your actual local team as one of the teams you, you find out anytime that local team is on national tv that it's blacked out and you don't if you don't have access to some cable account login you're not going to be able to watch it from a streaming service you're going to have to watch either from a physical cable box or with that login that's incredibly frustrating it makes no sense to me on how they're able to do that you know what really really gets me on nba is when it's on nba tv and not available and that's the reason it's blacked out it's like okay so i i do have a cable login but i don't have the premium cable you know package so i it's they got to fix this. I, I, I'm not the only one who's thought of this all through and is annoyed by this and would just be happy to say, you know what? I have a streaming service. If anything, there's a shortcut on my remote already to it, and I just press that, and now I'm there. Boom. Done. Great. I, I, I can't wait for the days. It feels like this is a step forward, even if it is just soccer, man. I, I think that's that's improvement. The blackout thing alone, like, it exists now. There, there's a there's your proof of concept, all right? They did it. How does the uh, – how is Apple uh, TV – for for streaming like for you know for for just regular tv 
Is it is it one of the, the the better ones or one of the worst ones? The the one thing, okay. So so Apple does this whole the Apple TV thing is a little bit more to describe than just a streaming service in the way they've set it up. The way they've set it up is they want you to have the the physical Apple TV thing, uh, the, the like the Chromecast equivalent they they make right. And this okay. app this app kind of goes hand in hand with that where that thing is able to do like the Chromecast or like a Roku or an Amazon Prime Stick, it's able to do multiple streaming platforms within it. So Apple has their Apple TV app even set up where you can resume playing other streaming apps within them as well. So I kind of like that part about it the most where you kind of go on there and you'll have your regular Apple TV ones, but if you were like streaming something on HBO Max, you could resume playing it all on the same homepage there, all within the Apple TV app. If that makes any sense at all, I, I, that's okay. just, that's just something I don't see in a lot of the other apps. The Chromecast kind of does it as well, but I, I I like that. It makes sense. It's it's like why should I always have to go within the app, pick what I was resume what I was watching to continue watch? Why why can't I just have all my continue watches from all my other apps just right here? That's one thing I did notice with the Apple TV app. Like within it all, you could still do that. I I like that. Uh, other than that, I mean it, it's it's fine. Uh, I I the one thing I like about Amazon Prime is I like that some of them. Some of the shows and movies, if you pause it, it'll show you uh, the IMDb on the bottom of everybody oh, that's yeah, on yeah. the screen. I like that. Like those are cool little yeah. features. Um, they don't have anything quite like that, but I, I, it's just more of like. Yeah, be careful with some spoilers on that. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> it's a it's a hit or miss thing, but you know what? I like that that we're getting competitive with it all, and like that we're we're, we're saying you know this is one of the newer streaming services. The one thing I will say is Apple, they won the, the freaking Oscar this year for, for Coda. That that was a good movie, and they're they're not even trying to do that. So the fact that they have an Oscar now and a sports broadcasting service that isn't blacked out, I, I'd say you, you're making some progress here. It may not feel like a real victory from our angle, but if, if you're them and you're the other streaming services, I think you're getting a little nervous. It's it's It's, it's the future. It's just a matter of how quickly it happens. Uh, all right, we got about two minutes here before we wrap up the podcast. Is that enough time to talk about our new favorite cocktail in a, in a can? Yes. Is this actually? It's really happening with the two legit brands, Jack Daniels yep. and Coca Cola, are now going to yep. be in a can, sold, mixed already, ready to go. Pop it open, pour it over ice, done. Uh, you probably don't even have to pour it over ice if you don't want to. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a black can. It's got Jack Daniels uh, along the top with their brand uh, signature, and then underneath has uh, Coca-Cola in in red letters. So when you look at it, it it's, it's got both of them right on it. It's not 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 some sort of a knockoff where it's Jack Daniels and some sort of cola or Coca-Cola with some sort of whiskey. It is a Jack and Coke in, in a can. It makes so much sense with the amount of just in a can, ready to go cocktails that have become the big phase right? of, of now. It makes it makes a lot of sense. It seems ridiculous that we haven't got here. Like, why are we forcing every? Like, they're gonna buy it together already. Let's just let's just do this. If anything, I'm forcing them to buy it from us rather than buy that other competitor blue stuff. You know, it's it it makes sense. Now, can you think of any other cocktail where this would make just as much sense? I can think of one. Well, I was it, it's I was a, more it's some sort of. Uh... Uh, you know, maybe uh, gin and juice or uh, gin and ginger, but I was more on the: is this a this is a concern for society that we can't pour two ingredients together? And just always makes me think of uh, Mad Men when Peggy uh, says, two ingredients isn't a cocktail; that's an emergency." 
<laughs> I, I'm not going to disagree with that. I think there's a convenience in traveling with it, though. Where, all right, we're going to the barbecue. We're going to bring Jack and Coke. That's what I want to drink the whole time. Uh, why do I need to bring two things? What if, what if I just brought a pack of one things? That that's the that is silly oh, as so that more sounds. For, more for on the go. Is, okay. As silly as that sounds. That's the majority of the convenience that this is designed to be used for. And you will see people who are doing it for with the excuse you're saying, where yes, they are too lazy to mix the two things together. All right, that, that, there's for sure those people. But I still think the purpose of it is for what I said, of a convenience of it already being here. You pop it open. You don't need to actually mix anything. I I, I think that's the point of it. Now, the one I could think of that makes sense that. It's not even that great of a drink, but I, I think there's some brand loyalty where Jack and Coke, where even if you went somewhere that was a Pepsi place, I think you would still order Jack and Coke. That guy's, I don't know why it's ingrained it's, in me. Yeah, it's, that's just, the, yeah it's, it's ingrained somehow. Uh, seven and Seven, Seagram's and Seven Up. Oh, like, that's yep. that's not the most popular drink, but could you, you, every other place you go to, even though you call it Seven and Seven and you probably get ginger ale or you get whatever other lemon lime spritzer or whatever ends up being the equivalent of it, it's uh, you still order it as a seven and seven, and it's like, well, what's the seven for? It's not for ginger ale. It's for seven up. Yep. No. Yeah. That, that that's a good one. It so. seems like they might be leaving some uh, money on the table. I mean, you know, the thing is, is if if you're making seven and sevens, I, see, if you're drinking seven and sevens, you, you're well aware of how to make this. I imagine. <laughs> I don't think that's the. Well, that's the same way with the Jack and Coke, like you said. But there's the uh, there's the convenience factor. Yeah, I think Jack and Coke is uh, a little bit more of a generic safe bet where it's like, I don't know what I want. Just give me a Jack and Coke. It, it's yeah, You can get it at every bar. They have it available. It, it, it's it's easy. Versus the 7 and 7 is an older drink that probably doesn't get as much love as it, as it once did. It's, it, if it's anything, it's forgotten. Perfect time to bring it back. The young people, we love stuff in a can. We don't like doing, we don't like mixing drinks on our own. Oh, man. I still like 7 and 7. How could we ever mix a, a, a vodka drink or, or a seltzer drink together? We'd have no idea. We need the can. It needs to be provided for us. Uh, well, anyways, we will be back next week with hopefully some good news and maybe some celebratory news and maybe some, ah, man, what a rough ending. But we'll see. We'll be back. We'll be back hopefully on Monday, I guess. Uh, we'll see. Go seize. Column A, little column B.